everyone and welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we started a new drama! Woo! It's October so we're getting spooky. We're getting spooky with Lovely Horribly. Yeah, I actually... Okay, so don't, uh, you can call me out right after I say this. I'm really liking what I've seen so far. I love this show. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's really fun. It's really fun. It reminds me, like, this sounds dumb because I haven't really watched K-dramas for very long. I'm not a K-drama analyst, but it feels like there's this divide where newer dramas are so much about the look Like, the cinematography is on point, and the sound design is on point, and the actors and actresses wear, like, top high-end designers for every scene. And this feels more like an older drama that's just a little more chill and a little more silly. And the drama, you don't have to analyze it as much because it's just supposed to be kooky. Yeah, and they were really willing to, like... I don't know how to say this without even sounding like I'm overly, like, preoccupied with how people look, but I do really appreciate that they weren't afraid to make her look like the horror ghost in movies. Like... I love it! She looks gnarly, and I (laughs) am here for it. It's driving me crazy, but in the best way. Yeah. It's really good. And I don't know, I think that a lot of K-dramas tend to shy away from that because it's really fun to see all the high fashions and the beautiful hair and the perfect makeup. And I kind of appreciate that this K-drama's like, "Mm, maybe later. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because she finally got a haircut in like episode seven. I guess we should establish we watched eight episodes because they're split into half hours. So it's basically like four. She got a haircut in like seven or something. And it did not get most improved. Mm -mm. She got 1% better. Like, the bangs are cute. She's rocking them. But she still doesn't wash or do anything with her hair, so... No. It's about sixes. Pretty sure doesn't even brush it. And this is a very pot-calling-the-kettle-black moment (laughs) because my hair is definitely greasy, unwashed, and unbrushed today. (laughs) So it's like, we're not judging. She doesn't look bad. I'm here for how uh, normal she looks. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's funny. It adds to the the character, I think. I agree. She's neat. I really like the the female lead. I I want good things to happen for her. Like for her to get together with P.D. Lee instead of Philip Yu. Whoa, glad we're on the same page again. Loving... P.D. Lee loving that secondary lead. Every drama does this, Raquel. Every drama. Why? Why are you supposed to root for the male lead who's just a real piece of greasy chicken nugget? (laughs) And then there's this second lead who's like, I'm a kind, gentle, caring, and respectful man who appreciates this woman. And you're like, I'm not supposed to be on his team? You're telling me I want the guy who called her career a joke and has pretty much, like, doomed her to death 
and is fundamentally broken and selfish after she's saved his life like six times in eight episodes. But no, it's fine. We're cool with it. We love him. Can't wait for those two to fall in love and be together forever. They're fated, guys. And uh, fated romance really just transcends any other romance. Where's the dope-ass K-drama where people are fated to be together and then they end up with uh, someone they're not fated to be with? Because that sounds really good. It sounds really good. Unless she's fated to be with P.D. PD Lee. Yeah. I always call him P.D. Neem because that's like the honorific oh, that yeah. she calls him. P.D. Neem. So yeah, that's gonna be a real bummer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I just really like how P.D. Neem dresses. And is. And is. He's just really good. And he wears the puffy shirts with the tight pants, which is always a good look. He looks oh. like a pirate all the time. A pirate pop star? A pirate like, get pop out star. out of here. Dope, P.D. Lee. You look so good. Oh, but he's got that kind heart. He doesn't care about looks. Yep. He cares only about what's inside. And I guess, like, it does make a difference that apparently they grew up together. Why is this a thing all the time? Why are we always meeting as children and loving each other forever? Guys, people can be adult friends. Like, I guess I can't speak to that from experience. But (laughs) from what I understand, you can meet someone at work and just be like, you're a really good writer. I'll befriend you. You don't have to be like, we shared a bed when we were children. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I also, it's like a very pot, pot calling the kettle black. Again, I'm going to use it twice. (laughs) Jesus. You keep doing it. You're a hypocrite this episode. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Uh, But yeah, I have, I do have many friends that I made as children that I've latched onto and kept forever, but I also have adult friends and those are meaningful relationships as well. I don't necessarily think they're less meaningful because we didn't know each other as children. Yeah. But if you did, You'd be fated to be together, and you could be <laughs> friends forever. And that'd be nice, too. I guess so. Just the comedy in this show is one of my favorite things. I did straight up laugh my dumb head off when they were fast walking down the hallway away from her. <laughs> I'm usually not into that particular brand of humor, but there was something about the hip-swaying fast walk of three grown men away from a woman that was just, like, trying to tell them something that, like, killed me. Oh my god. I think my favorite scene in all of these was when he, uh, he falls in the back of the truck and ends up at her house, and he starts trying to pull her off of her stoop, trying to get Stoop Kid to leave the stoop, <laughs> and these two old ladies are watching, like, are they gonna step in? If he get, if he starts pulling this lady in public, are these two old ladies gonna, like, fight and be like, mm-mm? But they don't even need to, because your girl is so strong. The whole scene, everything. She is strunk, though. She tears car doors off from, like, cars that are pinned under mudslides. Ew, but stop tearing your stitches. I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, that has been rough. That is putting your viewers through a lot. There is so much blood and gore in this show. And honestly, I can handle a lot of it. And especially with K-dramas. Like, for some reason, 
horror movies. I'm into horror. I'm not really into gore. Not super into slasher movies. So I guess for me, the many, many scenes where uh, writer Lee... No, what's her name? Oh. No, no, no. The other writer, her friend. Writer Uh, Key. We got Uh, that. We got there. Writer Key is dying, being murdered, brutally. There's so much blood and gore. And it's awful to watch but like also i'm into it yeah that is straight up one of the bloodiest moments in (laughs) drama dark hitting your head on a corner of a table is my nightmare constant oh stop uh but for some reason i can handle that so much better than homegirl tearing out her stitches while using a crowbar because there's like there's a lot to think about with the tearing of stitches. It's Yeah. Ooh. We're not gonna talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's it. it. That's all <laughs> that's all there is. That's all so there is. So this, this is was Plan K and we're over we can't do the podcast anymore because <laughs> now I'm always... up. I keep rubbing my hand. <laughs> Please. Please no. Uh there was a really cool bloody scene where her dad is like chopping up the roots of an apple tree and Whoa. getting just sprayed. Whoa. That was neat. Bleeding trees, though. I'm into that horror. That type of horror is fun. The horror and the cinematography. I'm really into the cinematography of this show. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I like um, how moody it can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. I like that when there's a flashback, for some reason, everything is bright and shiny, even if the flashback is like a sadder flashback yeah kind of blurry i guess almost like yeah my favorite is the fisheye lenses there's like that breakup scene in like the very first two episodes where her boyfriend's breaking up with her and he's just oh the fisheye lens in that scene and in the scene where the manager and the i don't know homeboy philip's friend are in front of young man (laughs) Is that his name? That's dumb. I should have noticed that. <laughs> They're in front of her shop and they like the north, south, east, west thing. There's so much good use of fisheye lenses to be like sort of scary, sort of just profound. Just this sense of awe. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's very good. It's a it's a very well done show in a way that I didn't quite expect. And it is interesting because it does have the feel of kind of an older K-drama, like you were saying, which typically also feels... I don't know. I guess there's a difference between something feeling dated and something feeling low quality, but usually, like, those things go hand in hand, and this doesn't. Like, it still feels high quality, even though it also has, like, an aspect of feeling dated. Um, I like it, though. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I like it, too. It aged well. It aged well, like a fine wine. I don't know when this was made. It was, like, 2018. That'd be funny. And we're like, oh, how old. (laughs) Wow, I wonder what cameras they were using. What a time capsule we have here. (laughs) This is why we're not qualified for this podcast. No, yeah, because we don't do any research into, like, when a K-drama was made, and we don't actually know what dates things. So, another thing that we don't know anything about, but I feel like I know things about because I've watched so many K-dramas, is the, like, prevalence of fortune tellers and um 
kind of how much sway they have over people in Korea. And I think this K-drama is doing work for all those fortune tellers. Yeah. And like, oh, they're real. Ghosts are real. And they talk to fortune tellers. So go see your local fortune teller. Yeah, I like um, something I noticed that they did was uh, like they they kind of pinpoint the erratic behavior that people tend to associate with fortune tellers but then almost use it to their credit a little bit. Yeah. Instead of it's being really like, cool. oh no, the ones that are like this are crazy still. Like I've seen other K-dramas do, where it's like, oh, no, the real psychics are normies like you and me. Like, well, yeah. Are they? Are, are, are they any of us normies? Last I checked, we're all different. Mm-hmm. And some psychics jump around and fall on the ground and throw was it rice in that guy's face rice mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. 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 some of us do that she predicted a lot though she predicted a lot she was uh definitely possessed by a ghost at that point and i just think that's uh real good advertising for the the psychics out there yeah i like it go see us as em said go see your favorite local psychic today because why not why not? My mom's a psychic, if you want to talk to her. Yeah, Em's mom is a psychic, and that is pretty cool. I've never gotten the chance to talk to her about it, but... It's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in a good way, so uh, if you're into that, go check it out, because what harm could it do? Just don't, I don't know, I guess don't do anything crazy based on uh, a psychic's recommendations. Yeah. Everything with a grain of salt. Everything with a grain of salt, y'all. You don't take your friend's advice, so why would you take a psychic's? And why would you take ours? <laughs> like, honestly, if you don't want to go see a psychic, don't do it. Yeah, the good old Em and Raquel turn around. <laughs> do what you want to do, live your own life. That's our uh, main advice. <laughs> Yikes. I'm so obsessed with this drama. So yeah, let's go through the characters. Let's do a roll call. Roll call. Who are we talking about first? We did talk about the uh, female protagonist. Do we want to cover the rest of what's going on with her? Save save our favorite till the end. Mm, it feels like there will be no order, even if we try and do some order. So let's, yeah, let's round back to our female protagonist, because she's the best, and I love her. But also, she's a little off her rocker. Oh, yeah. But... Understandably, I liked that they called out at one point that when you're taking all of a dead man's bad luck, you're bound to also have some emotional turmoil because you're living through some pretty rough-ish. There was a point where this ghost fortune teller said physical wounds are not the only types of wounds. That was real deep. I mean, Mm -hmm. two scenes later, she's covered in bandages, so I don't think they really took it heart but you know yeah we had a line <laughs> the uh the bandages are a symbol for all of her emotional wounds deep deep but yeah she's been through the ringer and i just want good things for her and it's really hard to watch her go through so much i'm hoping obviously like her fortune's turning around because she met the male protagonist but also it's my deepest hope that just gen- generally she she gets a better deal out of this yeah the first few episodes where they uh, established that she had bad luck for most of her life were pretty hard to watch. I was ready for it to turn around. Because mm-hmm. it's not just bad luck in that 
she trips and falls on her face in a puddle, though she definitely does that. But she also has to endure, like, career failure over and over and over again. Her friend becoming her enemy? Yeah. Her mom dying, which actually is a can of worms we can get into a little bit later. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like they did a really good job of establishing a character that you can understand why she does the things she does. Because, like, so many people accuse her of letting herself be stepped on by letting writer Key take her script. And she's like, y'all don't know the struggles that I have been through trying to get this script sold. I had to do what I had to do. And definitely the spooky look she's got going on. Mm-hmm. Haggard. Haggard. But girl has been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. She only owns sweatpants at this point, and I understand. Yeah, if I was living that life every day, just begging life to, like, allow me a moment of minute happiness, I too would probably live in sweatpants. I kind of live in sweatpants anyway. And I'm doing just fine, I'm so doing just fine. we're here for you. Uh... So yeah, I like it. But they also have established a strong character. Like, nothing has broken her. Mm -hmm. Which is dope. And she will stop and help anyone, even at her own peril. Which is a character I always love. Yes! It took me so long to figure out why Philip, when they met in the elevator that scene you were referring to earlier with the fast walk why he was trying to get away from her so much it took me until they literally explained and he was like because she was flying around like a crazy woman and she seems off her rocker for me to be like oh that's why he's scared of the person that saved his life i just did not get it yeah um i got it but i was mad about it it didn't in dear Philip to me. He's the opposite. He's the worst person. Mm-hmm. Um, which, all right, let's jump into Philip. <laughs> Leads me to why? my next point. Yeah, why? Why is he like this? Why should we care about him? I guess it's that, it's that interesting thing where I think it's a common, maybe, trope. It's much more endearing for a person who had, like, a hard childhood where he's sick a lot and he loses his parents to grow up to be a nice person and be like, I've gone through some hardships and now I've turned it around and I'm a nice person. And we've heard that story, but it's because it's a story that works. We're into it. We're here for a good person overcoming. He's the opposite, which is interesting and not very fun. No, it's really hard to get behind someone even comedically being a bad person or not doing the right thing. Because I do think it's leveraged as comedy and that's fine but it makes me not give a shit about him yeah when you have to pick one of them to die which this k-drama so far is definitely winding up to you're like i know which one i choose thank you yeah you made it easy you made it easy i appreciate that now if you end up picking the other person though i'm gone forever i'm out out (laughs) out Never watch another drama. Yep. No, but he's got like five moments of being a normal person that are so startling. And like, I get it. You're supposed to have those. You're supposed to live off of those crumbs of normalcy until he has this transformation into a real person. But I'm starving, Raquel. Yeah, I'm really hungry and also 
it that makes it feel like an abusive relationship where you're just trying to convince yourself, no, he'll he'll change. He's different. He's not always a bad person. But like But like he is. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna be that guy that makes excuses for him. They're gonna have to do some explaining for me to care about him at all. And explain past his mom leaving. I mean, explain that for sure. That's very confusing. But he can't just be like, my mom left and my dad died and that's why I'm a real jag. Yeah. No. Not how it works. No. Um, I was gonna say something. Oh! Raquel, this, they really tried to have the move-in trope and your boy, P.D. Lee, flipped that around. I am here for it. What is happening? Yeah. Oh, so happy. So glad. Not only did they completely subvert expectation in that moment, but like, P.D. Lee, am I right? P.D. Lee, you're killing it. Thank you for being a normal person who's like, no, it's not actually acceptable for you to abuse your power like this and make someone move in with you for your selfish reasons. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. Get out of my house. It did not go according to plan, which is classic drama. Uh, That's fine. Totally cool with him living in her house. Uh, Whatever. But I I mean, this producer came in with the real real being like, uh, the actor and the writer can't live together. Do you not see how that's a problem? Just professionally, socially, you haven't been very great. Also, I could be your boyfriend. You don't know. Also, you have a girlfriend of eight years. And like, how is how is this okay with her? Yeah. And regardless of whether or not that's like a real relationship or whatever, like, I, I don't see how you could just brush this off and do whatever you feel like doing and disregard everyone else's feelings. So that's real good. Yeah, <laughs> that's Philip. <laughs> that's P.D. Lee in a nutshell, just being boss. Yeah, we love P.D. Lee. We're not here for Philip. Really interested in whatever weird side plot is going on between Yuna and the manager. Did they do a murder? Maybe. Are they lovers? Perhaps. <laughs> Intrigue. Uh, Intrigue. You just you just came up with a really good plot. I did. They didn't seem like lovers. Uh, no. He. She walked into his office, and I was like, oh, "They're having an affair," because you know drama. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "You're a child, and just keep your head down and behave like nothing, princess." And I was like, "Ooh, they're not having an affair." Or <laughs> well, they are, and that's really messed up. That's yikes. Uh, but yeah, something happened between them. Do you think they did a murder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at coming up with things, Raquel. I already said the the adultery thing, and I was wrong. I like to play around with the deciding what I think might be happening thing, because usually I talk myself in and out of it so quickly that it just becomes this crazy cycle of me being like, they definitely did a murder together, though. They murdered that one girl, Ramen. And then... (laughs) Thank you for calling her Ramen. And then two minutes later, I'm like, no, because that's what they're trying to get me to believe. No way did they do a murder. The worst they did was I sent her to a place away, and she's not a ghost. And then there's, like, another part of me that's like, or maybe that's what I'm supposed to believe. It's real fun. I'm I'm on a journey at all times with every K-drama. You think too much into it. I watch, then I forget, then I try and record a podcast about it. I do not put any thought into what's going to happen next. This is why it's exciting to record with you. 
Yes. Who did they murder? And the crazy train over here. Yes. I'm on it. We're all aboard. We're on it together. Let's go. Let's go. We make a good team. This is fun. They definitely did a murder at this point. Uh, Probably Roman, but I don't know if she's dead because the lady in white is alive. Do you think the guy going around and doing all of the murders is uh, P.D. Lee? Because I'll be pissed if it is. Can't be him. dude? Baseball bat boy? Yeah, can't be him because he was on the roof and P.D. Lee was handing an umbrella. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're Gucci. Yeah, I don't think it's him. I don't know. I feel like that's the only way to get PD out of my heart? love triangle, out of my heart, is to make him crazy. That's fair. Uh, my other initial reaction was that maybe Baseball Bat Guy is her dad, the writer's dad. What? Writer O's dad. That'd be crazy. That'd be wild, but also makes sense, because as long as the other apple tree is sharing roots, then... Ah, I see, I see. So he's, he's discovered to... the other apple tree. He'll do anything to keep his little apple tree alive. Okay, let's talk about parental love for just a moment. Something <laughs> something else that we are unqualified to talk about, but constantly mention. <laughs> What's happening with Philip Yu's mom, who... Scene one is like, I can't throw another child under the bus to save my child. Scene two is definitely throwing someone else's kid under the bus to save her own child. Scene three is the new mom to the other child. Uh, what if she's a spy? What? <laughs> like an international spy or like a spy for her child? Yeah, what if she is playing mom because she is doing some kind of like psychic stuff to make sure her child survives by implanting herself into the life of the other child and like feeding her dumplings full of <laughs> ghosts spices <laughs> um ghost dumplings all right. I see that. It's. Uh, I'm very confused. I'm just confused at all of it. They seem to have a great relationship, and she says that she won her. Uh, sorry, Ryder O says she won her judo championship when she had like the best relationship with her mom, and that was like the happiest time of her life. So it seems like her mom was there for her. Like this new mom, we assume. It, some a mom was there for her during her best times, which was Philip's worst times. Raquel, I'm just so bad at puzzles. I have all the stupid pieces, and I can't place together why she has a new mom. <laughs> or why she didn't notice that her mom was a new mom. Does she not know? Helen's got me stumped, because she was, like, nine years old. And I'm not saying that I had the perfect memory when I was nine, but I'm pretty sure that if someone was like, this is your mom now, I'd be like, bitch, no. <laughs> Actually, I've seen my mom. That's not her. And Philip Yu is just like, I was separated from my mom. Yeah, she's a spy. Okay, she has to be a spy. She has <laughs> to have left her child thinking like, this is the way. Like, maybe he, he started his streak of bad luck and she's like, I'm gonna marry the other kid's dad. Evil stepmom style. Then the dad dies. Then she's raising Ryder O on her own. But she's too good a person to actually sabotage her. Put the spices in the dumplings, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she has a few good years. And then she has to die. 
Because that's the worst luck, is having both your moms die. Yep. And then she has to go become a ghost, because she promised she wouldn't, and that's not how it works. You can't just decide to be a ghost. Yeah, the harder you decide to not be a ghost, the more likely you are to be a ghost. So, but like, maybe she's a ghost and she's haunting Philip. That seems just mean, Mm. I think. I think that she might be the ghost that is... I think there's a lot of ghosts in this, and I think... Okay, okay. Yeah, I think there's one ghost that's not a good ghost, and I think there's at least one ghost that is a neutral or good ghost. Probably good. And I think it's his mom. So the, like, pink and purple unicorn sparkles ghost that maybe is more influential on the psychic stuff that Ryder O does Mm -hmm. mayhaps is his mom is his mom and she also was the one that like pushed him out of the elevator to go meet Ah, her and then there's and then there's a murder ghost then there's for sure a murder ghost who might be ramen but maybe ramen's alive Mm -hmm. maybe there is no murder ghost maybe there's just ramen who's not dead and somehow can blow out windows without being a ghost i did forget about that part maybe that was really cool i really liked that scene yeah it was also the one moment where i was like okay okay philip protecting her sort of i mean she still got cut up but whatever that's what i'm saying like he's he's good for like half a minute and then very next scene he's yelling at her and your boy pd is like she's real messed up right now if you could save your yelling at her for later that'd be great but i'm just more frustrated by the whole ghost thing like how did that lady explode all those windows if she's not a ghost riddle me that pd lee (laughs) pd lee the only person that can actually see ghosts in this g dang show and i thought it was a big reveal that he was like Take care of the white woman that's following you around. Sorry, woman in white. I should not say white woman. <laughs> Pretty sure she's Asian. Uh, take care of the lady that's following you around. And everyone's like, <gasps> he knows. But also she's alive. But also I've seen her a lot. And she's like in and out of people's houses like a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a drama that if we don't think too hard about it, we'll enjoy it more. Yeah. So let's uh, let's never think about any of the details except uh, that there's ghosts. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, spooktacular. <laughs> That's probably copyright. My bad. It's fine. No one's listening. No one's listening. No one from Disney cares. <laughs> so let's break down the scene at the very end, not the very end of episode eight, at the end of episode eight before the very last scene that's the dumpling scene. Oh yeah, that, okay. I kind of, I did forget about it even though I watched it 10 minutes ago because... Did you watch it or did you 15 seconds skip through it? Because it was fascinating. I 15 seconds skipped through until around the time that the psychic moment was coming. That's fair. She predicted another death. Yeah, she gets the writing on her arms, and then she has a real meltdown. And Raquel 
I think you understand that our social anxiety did not hold up to a scene where someone's in front of a room of reporters just, like, itching her arm. Yeah, can't do it. Not here for it. Uh Just sit still. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the writing on your arm. Just be cool for, like, two minutes. Or excuse yourself. Excuse yourself. Or just sit still and read it. And maybe, like, tap... P.D. Lee, because you know this boy listens, and be like, check out this crazy message, but don't start itching it. Mm. Stop. She makes me real nervous sometimes, actually, now that we're bringing this (laughs) portion of the K-drama to light. Yeah, but I feel like usually you like it. Like when she attacks Homeboy, who's got a knife, to this poor girl on the street, you're like, she's crazy, but in a good way. Like, She's fighting for other people's rights. That's super cool. But then sometimes she decides that she's going to solve the problem to a gunman shooting someone by being like, I'll marry you instead. Is that a solution? Would you not try and get security on the gunman? Yeah, it doesn't feel like a solution, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't know, because the only thing I could think was she was trying to, like, flood the reporters in so that there wasn't a clean shot or something, or, like, anything to break the vision. I just don't see how you could think possibly that that was a thing. That's what I thought. It's like, uh, she kept talking about changing the current, where she tried or she successfully saved Ryder Key by, quote-unquote, changing the current. Yeah. Uh, so I think she's trying to rewrite the story. But I honestly thought she'd tackle the gunman. I think that would have been a lot cooler. I Okay, 50% chance she's going to tackle the gunman. 50% chance she was going to jump in front of Philip and just straight up get shot. Yeah, both would have been actually a little bit dope. Is it really wrong to just kind of want to see one of those happen? It is. But, you know, it would have changed the current and uh, changed the scene in a way that we could have recognized what was happening. But I guess marriage, which, dumb. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like the trope. But I think I don't like the trope in this situation because I don't like Philip. Yeah, he doesn't deserve her. I don't think he deserves Yuna either. I don't even know anything about her except that she seems bleh and maybe she's a murderer. <laughs> but she's too good for him, I know that. That's that's where my knowledge goes, yeah. Whatever, Philip. What else happened? What What other crazy things happened? I'm sure there are like a million other things that we're going to forget about. Yeah, and then go back and definitely remember that we forgot to talk about something. It's fine. It's the first eight episodes, so... So we're doing fine. You guys tell us in the comments what we forgot to talk about, and we'll see if we talk about it next week by chance. Yeah, we'll try and pick it up. We'll do better. Um, but this is super fun. I love this drama. Yeah, I'm glad we decided to do something spooky. Yeah, it's wicked spooky. Um, but also cute. For this episode, if you want to leave comments directly on the episode, and to see all of our past work, visit us at playonk.com. There you can also sign up for a newsletter so you're alerted every time we start a new drama. 
Yeah, we also have our, um, we're on iTunes. I'm doing it a little out of order, but we are on iTunes. You can rate, review, and subscribe there, and uh, we would really appreciate it, especially a review we would even probably, if it happens ever, say your name if you wrote us a little review on the podcast, and just thank you very personally, because we'd appreciate it. Yes, please. You can email us anytime, anything you want to talk about. We are plankpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter, so you can tweet little things at us, like that you're watching, or what you're thinking about what's going on, or really whatever. Uh, our Twitter handle is just at playonk. Thank you, as always, to James Hevel for our theme song. We love it, James, and we love James, and we love this song. And we love you all for listening. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Join us next week for the next eight episodes of Lovely Horribly. K-bye. K-bye.